Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. I'm Cliff. Hello, I'm Brett. How are you doing, Brett? Yeah, hey, I'm doing all right, mate, you know. How's your good self? I'm all right. You're all in black. I'm always just in black, apart from my grey pants, which you love, obviously. Grey pants. Here's my... What is that? Is it? What is it? Well, it's whiskey, but in a lovely kind of flute, isn't it? It is a lovely kind of flute. Is there any particular reason that you have that flute? That large flute. I was sent it as some kind of precursor to a special tequila tasting that I've been invited to tomorrow night. Right. No. So, so apparently it's going go. to be served in this. Right. Okay. But uh, it's unclear whether I need to take this one. <laughs> but I you can't carry this. Just so I you can't can carry this it. around with us all day. No, I'll smash in your bag, won't it? So it's a tequila tasting event. Mm -hmm. Did you call it an ancient tequila? I called it ancient, but it might, well, that might not be the case. But I'd rather not get into that in case any of the good people at the tequila are somehow Uh going to listen to this. Have you ever ate the worm? I don't know what I'm talking about. I think that's uh, mezcal, isn't it, the worm? Or is it in tequila as well? I'm sure I've had tequila with the worm in it. And I was told meant that to make uh, you hallucinate in it, but that's it... right. Yeah, it didn't. No, no. <laughs> you just make just ate a worm. Just I just ate, ate a, a worm. A very tequila sodden worm. <laughs> yeah, the uh-huh. tequila squirt out of it when you bit into it. It didn't. I just followed it. You oh, know, I wasn't well, invited to it. it. No, no, I just straight down there. You know, I'm, I'm not on fucking. I'm a celebrity. How long I was it? Thought, it, you know, not that long, about an inch long, something like that. Inch long? Think. That's a very yeah. long, is it? It's not very long. I mean, I, yeah, I didn't want it to be that long, to be honest. Okay. If I, you know, if I'm being honest with you, I didn't want a huge <laughs> word. Fair enough. Hey, do you want to hear this? Uh, this is a good story. Um, that I've just popped into my head. We had a science teacher called Mr. Goodwin, right? 
Mm-hmm. And he was talking about his friend, and he not only his friend, and he said, uh, his his mother as an adult. said, just just stay there. No, no, the, as a kid, as a kid, just stay there. You'll just be a second, right? Mm-hmm. And the the door opened slightly ajar, mm-hmm. right? And what was happening was his friend was having a tapeworm removed from his ass. <laughs> This is in the name of science, he told you the story. In the name of science, yes. I don't know why the science teacher what told was his this position? story. Like bent over. Arse, you would imagine it would be like play. over a chair. <laughs> <laughs> over a chair or something. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, that's okay. nice, isn't it? Why didn't his mother just go, now's not a good time? <laughs> just give <it> a <laughs> That would have been better, wouldn't it? <laughs> now's not a very good time. Oh, just wait there. I'll slightly leave the door open a little bit. So you can see your friends. The funny side the teachers, aren't they? We never really talk about teachers much on this, but I know we both had funny teachers from our school. I know it's a bit yeah. like Peter Kane to talk about that stuff, but uh, uh-huh. we did both have some quite funny teachers and some horrible you had ones. A funny one, yeah. Well, this is a mixture of both, wasn't it? You had a good one with the tea bags, didn't you? The tea bags was funny. Also a science teacher, Mister Smith. <laughs> so he go. he used to sit. Remember in science when it was like blocks of like the science benches were the normal like mm-hmm. desks. Um and he would sit like at the front of the front one. So he wouldn't sit at a desk. He'd sit like on the opposite side of the front bench where the kids were. Um and obviously on those benches you've got plugs for your Bunsen burners and that kind of shit. I don't know what yeah. you plug into them. Uh anyway. So he used to just have a little kettle. I don't want to say a little kettle. It wasn't like a travel kettle. It was a normal kettle. And he would have a kettle plugged in there. And he would just make himself a cup of tea when he was uh, doing the lesson and that. And um, Uh as he was making it, so he'd make his cup of tea. The kettle's boiled. He's got his tea bag in. He's put his sugar in, his milk. He's stirred it. He's got the tea bag out. So what's he going to do with that? Oh, he just throws it behind him over his shoulder with the teaspoon so it splats on the wall behind him. And that the back wall of his of his room was just covered in old hard tea bags on the wall <laughs> and like stains of tea dripping down. <laughs> he threw he threw he threw the spoon as well. No, no, but like he'd use the spoon as like the, uh, the mechanism, you know, I was like gonna the, say, to propel it. He would he would have went through many a spoon. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. It was already weird enough. Like that was mm-hmm. be a little bit more weird. Mister Smith, right? He was. He was funny. Yeah, remember you telling us about him. Mm-hmm. He's a good one. Yeah. I so got, he's just I got one, uh, assaulted by a teacher once. Did you? Not sec- not sexually, but okay. <laughs> Gladly, <laughs> he was called. Um, he had braces, and we used to call him um, Metal Mouth or something. I think that's. Oh, braces on his teeth. Motor mouth. Yeah. Not you know, not on his to keep his pants up, mm-hmm. and he, you overheard us call him this, and, mm-hmm. and I think his his feelings were quite hurt. Well, obviously were because he got us and he grabbed us and he threw us against every wall down the corridor. Oh, <laughs> what? What, what, what did us up he and do? Threw us? Yeah. What lesson did he do? He used to be a, a sports teacher. And of course, he was. He, he, he dabbled in maths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hated that. We had one who did that as well. He's not that fella. He's not going to be good at maths, that bloke. 
No. Like, no. you can pick 11 why, why against double? 11. That's the only thing you can do. <laughs> <laughs> Every maths equation is to do with football. <laughs> I thought that was, that was great. I mean, that some of the teachers were like, in my school, were from like the 60s and that, the 70s. Do you know yeah. what I mean? When well, we had like... the the abusive one who used to pick people up with their sideboards. Mr. Quilly. By the sideboards? Yeah, he used to pick you up if you, you boy. And he would uh, come over, but he actually he was quite bad. He used to, he, he was like, he was really from the sixties. This fella, and he was uh, my my godmother's husband was the former head teacher or former teacher at the school, old family uh-huh. friend. When my mom was there, my mom went to the same school, and he was a teacher then. And this bloke, Mister Quilly, who was my form teacher when I first started, he was like a new young teacher when. Uh, my mom was there, uh, and but then he was my teacher, so they're all still there. It was a Catholic school, it was all the same people, and all of that. Um, anyway, he had a blue like little tattoo on his face, and that was always said it was a Borstal mark. He had been a Borstal, right? I don't, uh, know, how, I don't know how true that is. If everybody had yeah, one of those sounds... or not, I don't know, but anyway, he would go if you were talking or something, he would turn around, he throw the uh, board rubber at you. Throw it at you, yeah, you boy. I never only got this once, by the way. And he'd come over and he'd grab you by the sideburns and pick you up, so you you had to stand up and he'd drag you. And he, but it was always why the sideburns? I don't know. It hurts. It hurts. I mean, you can imagine picking on you because you had killer sideburns, didn't you? <laughs> he picked them both. You'd, you'd think he'd just like <laughs> create a beeline for you, wouldn't he? <laughs> Nobody yeah. was like he was a bit of a pervert, so he would always make you. He was like, what did you say to that girl, that young lady? He was like, nothing. I was that like, young oh. lady. I, I wasn't saying out, man, sir. I wasn't saying anything, man, sir. And he goes, right, you boy. And he'd come over, he'd make you pick up, and he'd march you over to the front of the class or next to the last that apparently had done something to. He'd be like, repeat after me. And he'd make you like apologize in like a Victorian way. To, uh-huh. uh, did you? But he would often put you in a room like in a little cupboard at the you know room uh, classrooms had like harry potter cupboards for fucking books and shit and he'd put uh-huh. you in there but he put you in there with a lass as well and then it, like it was why just would a... he put you in there with a lass but he would like orchestrate these things where a lad and a lass was in that like kind of dark cupboard like he'd shut the door by them and he'd eh? just leave them in there but also yeah, heard that he would go in like you'd get the last in there and then he would go in and stuff like that, but I don't know. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So good. welcome to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circuit. Yes. <laughs> welcome. Uh <laughs> Brett, I watched that Michael J. Fox documentary. Is it good? Mm-hmm, very good. He's a funny bloke. Lovely man. He is. Very funny. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, really heartwarming and obviously sad. Uh mm-hmm. But uh, sad in the way that you think, oh, what what a guy for this to happen to, like, but yeah, not sad in the way he's dealt with it and stuff like that. He's um, no. getting a message. Oh, easy. Yeah, no, that, don't, that doesn't normally happen, does it? How rude, Cliff! How rude! How rude. While you were in mid-flight. Uh-huh. No, he's a he's a you know inspirational guy, isn't he? Do you know uh, what I mean? It's, it's really inspirational, disease, and it? it's it's really really well done. So it's kind of like interspersed. There's a little bit like recreations, but not like with an act, like kind of silhouetted. Uh, yeah. So you don't. It's not like somebody pretend to be him, like an actual actor. 
mm-hmm. talking like him and stuff like that. With a, he's doing a voiceover and he's doing pieces of the camera, uh, and also it's interspersed with clips from his films. So, you know, like in Back to the Future, where he falls over when he gets out of bed, like yeah, it'll kind of like be at a point where he's sort of about oh, and then all of a sudden I couldn't stand up, and then it, right. shows, uh-huh. it like cuts into that. So it's really cleverly done. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody who's on it just talks like just got nothing but good stuff to say for him uh, which is it, a rare thing isn't it in Hollywood no, no, exactly it? and it, he's just great it's really really good but yeah like you just think ah oh, like I don't know it's not a shame it's not a waste because he's still lived a full life right but um yeah he's, know, he's, and he's inspired he's loads and he's done loads uh-huh. of good work so with somebody else might not have turned out like that and he could have well given up or like thrown uh-huh. in a towel or whatever it was honestly really really good both as just a normal film and as like wanting to see somebody that you like and love do well. It's yeah. good. Well, he's, he's an icon, isn't he? Completely. So I, I enjoyed that. that there was one on about Brian Jones the other night as well. Another one? On BBC Two by Nick Broomfield. You know by, him? by him. Yes, I know him. Hi. Uh-huh. So Brian Jones, one of the Rolling Stones, <laughs> I bumped into him on a train when I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> he got probably a stupid voice. <laughs> Didn't he do the one with the the serial killer, the woman serial killer? Aileen Wuornos and uh, Courtney Love as well. They're going to kill you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in them ones, right? He's not in this. Oh, he's not in alive. this. Movie. He's just his voice. I bumped into Brian Jones on a train when I was fourteen. <laughs> That's how it starts. <laughs> He sounds like the old pair of Wogan, doesn't he? <laughs> or, or the young uh, antique stealer from Wogan. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see what he sounds like. That's who I meant. I don't know why I called him. He said old pair. pair. I mean, no, it'd be no, no. fucking old pair. <laughs> he looks like the kids. Hey, what's you, you know, what's you called well, now? Isn't he dead? Lauren? Hey, no, she, she's a woman now called Lauren. Still going. Oh, I thought she I might thought be an old pair dead. now. That, yeah, he sounds exactly I mean, like I don't that. know why I, I thought that you, you was in that profession to start you know? with, Cliff. I know. Yeah. Well, well, what a weird choice for us to make. <laughs> mind. Well, we'll delve in. Next time you go to therapy, you can talk about that. <laughs> I, I might. <laughs> Who knows? Who so knows? I, that's what I've been watching. You've been up to out? Yeah, I've just been watching a lot of old films and stuff like that. Because the illegal box that I have, the man's been arrested, so it's gone off cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Burn it. Burn it, exactly. What yeah. is it? Well, surely he doesn't have to operate it every day. <laughs> Apparently, the, the the main person who runs it's been, been arrested, so the servers are off or something. I don't know. I mean, it's not strictly legal, and right. I shouldn't really be talking about it. I would say it, that... If something like that would have happened to me a couple of weeks ago, I just had to, uh-huh. I would have had to change your password uh, or just change the URL where the server <laughs> was pointing to. Oh, well, well <laughs> none of that, like that, that. Was It's um, completely off. So, but yeah, yeah. so I've been watching all me, me Blu-rays and stuff like that. I went through all the Terminator films. Okay, all um, all of them. Well, up to Genesis. Even Dionysus is that what's called? Yeah, Genesis. Genesis. That was the that's all right. That one, the the Terminator Salvation one with Christian Bale is an absolute monstrosity. It's awful. His voice is awful in it, and also that Sam Worthington guy is fucking crap. 
He's so shit, yeah. that guy. I, I like him in the Unabomber, though, that Sam was, not he? He was in a Netflix thing about yes, the Unabomber. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's good. all right at that, but he's Paul um, Bettany steals the show and that, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. But, uh, yeah, that, that film's a train wreck in it completely. But I, I do like, uh, I think the, the first one's the best, the first Terminator's the best. Mm-hmm. I like the second one as well, but it's not as good as the first well, one. it's different, is it? It's like Aliens and Alien, like they're two different things. But the second uh-huh. one, very, very enjoyable, well, proper action film, I, pushing the boundaries the, of effects and stuff like that. Yeah. But no, the first one is a stone-cold thriller action classic, and I think... Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I also think that the first Alien is much better than Aliens as well. But the good thing about um, Terminator 2 is that Robert Patrick's in it, and he's mint. And, of course, he's, he's just the best run committed to film. I, yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he's absolutely fantastic there's also a bit in the film where he just gently waves a finger yes like I've seen that I still After do that run when I play football <laughs> we all used to do that on the turf didn't we the Terminator <laughs> run I'm run. sure Nobby was the first person I saw do it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Robert Patrick's class he's, he's, yeah really uh, good he's good in everything isn't he well we talked about him uh, before yeah he is well, he's class Absolutely class. So that's what I've been doing. Well, what I've been watching is this stupid film that you made me watch, Brad. Ha! You want to explain what it is that we're talking about and uh, give us the synopsis? I can do, yes. We're going to, well, we did watch, and I have watched many a time over the years, Evil Dead 2, Dead Mm. by Dawncliffe. Is it actually called that? It's fucking class. That's the yeah. That's the subtitle of the film. Does it say dead that? Though? It doesn't say that on the on the poster. There's a, the the dead say dead by dawn all the time. <laughs> <laughs> dead by dawn, dead by dawn. And uh, uh, the reason that I, I wanted to watch, I, I love this film. I think it's been. I love the first film as well, mm-hmm, um, about which we have watched. Yes, we've watched that one already. Um, but I watched the remake before me. Illegal box went off clip, and. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. The I, remake I of the, the first one. No, no, that sorry, not the remake. The, the new film that's just come the out. Risen um, Dead or something is it called? Evil Dead Rise, it's okay. called. So I watched that, and I I really enjoyed it, and and that sort of made us want to go back to the best Evil Dead, in my opinion, which is this one. Okay. Clip. And there was this is the Army of Darkness one after this. The Army of Darkness one's the third one, yes. Okay. Um, which I've seen, I, th- I think I've seen a couple of times. It's not my favourite. Some really people, not. the fans of Evil Dead and stuff like that, it, it is their favourite. But that's the okay. thing about the whole sort of Evil Dead sort of films. Each fan's got a different favourite one, I guess. Some people okay. love the out-and-out horror of the first one. Some people like the slapstick craziness of this one. <laughs> like me, and the third one is set in sort of medieval times. Well, so it follows on from the end of this film, does it? Yes. Okay. Well, There's there's also a TV show as well, which is called Ash vs. Evil Dead, Yes, which is also wonderful. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that, and we watched the first one for this, and I loved it. Um, I wasn't quite prepared for what this film was. (laughs) So do the synopsis, and we'll get into it. The synopsis, yes. So Evil Dead 2 is a 1987 horror comedy directed by Sam Raimi and starring Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams, who travels with his girlfriend to a remote cabin in the woods. He discovers an audio tape of recitations 
from the Book of the Dead. When played, it unleashes demons which possess and torment Ash. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. It's, I mean, it's very similar to the first film, isn't very, it? Yeah, so the beginning of it is meant to be the end of the first one? Well, so at the start of the film, it's Ash. There's a little bit about the Book of the Dead and what yeah, the Book of the Dead is. That is ridiculous, by the way. No, it's not. None of it's <laughs> ridiculous. And then there's a part where Ash is travelling to the cavern with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Now, the same thing happened in the first film, mm-hmm. but he went with a group of friends. Yep. The reason that they had to do that is because they couldn't get the rights to the previous film that they had made by okay. a different studio. Okay. So they had to reshoot those scenes to show how Ash got to the how cabin. he was there. Okay. Yes. So uh, this film picks up where the first one ended, but actually it's a slightly different version of the first one. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So the way I've looked at it is at the end of the first film, Ash is being possessed by the evil. It's rushing up room and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that yeah, that's the end of that. Does. Good ending. And there's a part in this where Ash is dragged through the forest. Yeah. It's funny. And that's the the sort of where one film ends and one film starts. Okay, so the, but there's about 15 minutes before that, is there? There, there is. There's this, this sort of set up with his, his girlfriend and stuff. The the rest of his friends from the first film aren't in this. Oh, album, yeah, so they're nowhere to be seen. They're not part of this retelling of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so he's in a cabin in the woods with his girlfriend. So the bit about the book at the beginning, by the way, the, this book... So the the cabin where they stay, they f- they find the book of the dead, and the cabin had yes. been inhabited by some kind of archaeologist, scholar kind of character uh-huh. that had this book of the dead from his from his studies. Is that right? From his studies, yes. Yeah. And he's gone to this remote cabin to be safe. It's, you know, that's what I assume. Yeah. Um, apart from what he, he took was, Henrietta. Apart from he took Henrietta. His girlfriend, um, <laughs> and wife. his wife, uh, and basically started recording what he was up to and recording bits of the book. But by saying those bits of the book out loud, mm-hmm. it summoned the demons. Yep, it certainly has. Yes, and what that's happened? What the Necronomicon does. Necronomicon ex mortis. That's what it's called, Cliff. And so what happened was Henrietta got possessed. Yes. But he didn't get possessed, right? He just like lived his life underground. In hey, crazy nobody, time. Knows what, nobody really knows what happens to him, does, <laughs> does, it? does it ever get possessed? Henry, Henry <laughs> gets possessed. He has to dismember her and, and he, put and her in the fruit cellar. He puts her in the cellar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Who's nobody in knows my what fruit cellar? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So they, she's under there as a monster. Yeah, you don't know that until sort of halfway through the film, or do you? It's it the the whole setup but of it. There's people is... in the basement in the first one. I know that's the thing. Well, <laughs> they find don't they, I'm sure they find the book of the dead in the basement in the first one. That's what happens. Well, I thought it was like a bunker outside of. Uh... No, no, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's. It's you know, there's a, like a trap door and stuff like that. Yeah, there I'm is sure a trap door. Yeah, it gets a there lot. There is of... a trap door. It certainly does. But I mean, it's a it's a sequel, but it, it's also a kind of remake, isn't it? It's it's a bit of both. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, and I think that's what confuses a lot of people when they watch this film. You know, it's like, oh, well, 
is this just the same Fulham again? Or? <laughs> well, it is very much. It's just like <laughs> it's like the end of the first film that just goes on a bit longer, isn't it? But what probably confuses <laughs> people is there's absolutely no story to it whatsoever. It's 84 minutes of mm-hmm. him, a man in a cabin being chased by a demon over and over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> in, in an incredibly hilarious way. Is, I, I would also add. I genuinely was not prepared for what this film was. It's, it is ridiculous. It's hilarious. It's not, it is ridiculous. It's, it's, it's so not. stupid, but it's hilarious and it's gory and the effects, some of them are amazing. Some of them are kind of funny watching them now. Um, it is. There are scary bits like when his girlfriend gets possessed at the beginning and all of a sudden she's got that evil head that he chops off instantly. He's <laughs> got to chop it off with the spade. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a very simple idea, film, isn't right? it? The, the, the first, first film, film it takes is them ages out... to work out what's happening with these spirits and that, right? It doesn't go a minute into it. But it's it's on somebody's the head off. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, <laughs> you're right. You're right into the action sort of straight away where there's a bit of a build-up in the first one. Yeah, but, but I think they're assuming that you've seen the first one, haven't you? So I it, suppose it would so. be redundant to have the big build-up. I mean, that's part of the thing why I think this film's great is because it's it's absolute, it's relentless. You know, well, everything's it's, it's relentless. Non-stop. It's just it is nonstop. Well, that's the good thing about it because you, you, it's like an hour and a half of, of watching. Bruce Campbell just get beat up, <laughs> and he looks like he's having a, a fantastic time <laughs> this is doing brilliant it. Bits. He's such a funny guy, Bruce Campbell. Because he's we, kind we, of deadpan, isn't he? So he just—he looks like he's being really serious, like really earnest kind of actor. And he's trying. Yeah. He's putting his fucking heart and soul into this, but it's the most ludicrous, like setup and slapstick. That I've ever seen on film. Oh, it's definitely slapstick. I mean, that, I mean, that's me. there's no doubt about that. Do you know what I mean? That like Sam Raimi's a big fan of like the Three Stooges and stuff like that. And there's loads of stuff like that where he's 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 pulling his own head and he's doing flips and stuff like that. You I know, when like his hands pi- possessed. He's got a possessed hand. That's funny. Yes, great. Um, <laughs> I think. I mean, there's not that much of a story to tell, right? The the spirit's just coming to get him. There is one other storyline that kind of feeds into it. But most of the time, the spirit is out to get him and he's trying to get away from it. It gets his hand. He has to chop his hand off. Henrietta gets out of the basement. He has to dispose of her. His ex-girlfriend keeps turning up. He's got to get rid of her. Uh, yeah. the, the only other bit is some people do come. Um, yes, yeah, the daughter of and the professor. And it's the daughter of the professor. Who wants She's to come, come with additional pages, which the, the, the professor didn't have, which How? can get rid of the, the Jedi's. <laughs> How? <laughs> I don't know why the professor stumbled into, you know, unleashing these demons without the protective pages. I don't know why he's done that. But he has, and I'm glad he did, because it's fucking, it's absolutely meant the whole thing. I, I just think it's relentless. And I, I'd like I say, Bruce Campbell is a fucking star, an absolute star. He's brilliant. The he things that he's doing in this film is like unbelievable. It's like Buster Keaton or something, and it, like smashing plates over his head. And but he's he's quips. I mean, I, people can't do quips anymore. I've noticed. Have you? A lot of in the eighties, 
everybody could do quips and he's like he's the master of the quips i think Does if it... we did a poll of how many people knew what a quip was it wouldn't get very good response <laughs> well fuck them so one of my favorite bits is where his girlfriend he's got to take her out of the tool shed which is wonderful where he says tool shed and he puts a head in a vice <laughs> Right, and he he finds oh the the chainsaw comes in because his his girlfriend's body comes in with the chainsaw. Yeah. But before that, he just points at the head and goes, "You're going down." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then I dismembered. Is a body dismembered? I always thought it was the head that was dismembered. Uh, but the headless body comes in with the chainsaw. I think it's the lacking of limbs, isn't it? You just you chop off the mm. limbs. I think so that's the, where the headless body comes in with a chainsaw and tries to get him, and he mm-hmm. manages to wrestle the chainsaw and put it back over the body so it cuts itself <laughs> in half. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- there is some amazing... I mean, the, the other good good thing, I mean, the first Evil Dead is like a, a very low-budget film. This is too, I guess. There's, you know, a lot, a lot of money spent on it. But it, like Sam Raimi's camera work in both these films... Uh, absolutely class, I think. Yeah. The first bit is where Ash is being dragged through the forest. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Really, which is really just good. amazing. It's absolutely class. And then he, he gets to like a, a bridge that's been sort of destroyed. <laughs> so, so funny. And there's this <laughs> amazing bit where the, the sun's going down just over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely class. And it's it's all, absolutely it, it Basically, night kind of falls. He's like... En- en- because cloak, the evil comes out he's at en- night. cloaked in darkness. Like, as soon as he realises this bridge is down, and it's not just mm-hmm. down, it is the most mangled, destroyed <laughs> bridge ever. And he has a proper <laughs> over-the-top, no! Which he <laughs> does again at the end. Um, yeah, he does. Uh, and all of a sudden, the sky goes to this kind of really evil, black and dark stuff, and he's like, yeah. all of a sudden, he's in it. Uh, it's class. And the nightmare begins again. It does. Um, it does. I, I think, uh, how how long after the first one was this? When was the first one? 81? 81, this one so this was 87. Years so six long, years later. Long time. <laughs> it is a long time, but uh, what happened was, Stephen King was a massive fan of the first one. He kind of bigged it up in a way that people would go and see it. And he was directing a film at the time called Maximum Overdrive, which is atrocious. <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely atrocious film. But the, di- the the producer of Maximum Overdrive was De Laurentiis, who's a big producer in uh, at that time. And Stephen King convinced him to give Sam Raimi the money for the sequel. So if mm-hmm. it wasn't for Stephen King, this this wouldn't be... But Raimi had done a film in the meantime, right? Which apparently yes. isn't very good. I've never heard of it. I've never, see, I've never seen it. Crime Wave, I think it's called. I, I like the sound it. of it. I imagine with a name like that, the soundtrack is going to be class. <laughs> you would think so. <laughs> I mean, Bruce Campbell's in there as well. You know, and that's all. But okay. again, yeah, I, I haven't seen it. So... Sort of but he wrote to, this with, so he co-wrote this with somebody whose name I re, I recognised, but I couldn't really place what else he had done. But I felt like I knew his name. What, what's the name of that fella, Stevenson? I don't know. You know it. You know. You know the who he wrote with. I haven't got a goddamn <laughs> yeah, clue. <so> <laughs> <in> film. <laughs> um, I don't know everything about the film. But Dino De Laurentiis is uh, back in the news. He's this the producer. Week. Is he why? Because he's the owner of Napoli and they've just won Serie A, and the manager's. Oh, left. is he? <laughs> he's, he's the owner of Napoli. 
I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't know that. The 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 guy who co-wrote with him is called Scott Spiegel. Scott Spiegel, yeah. I don't know his yeah. name, but I didn't know what else you don't know that it just sounded like I knew his name. I don't know. No, but, um, I don't know. I think you've just made that up. Well, it's, so it's still think... a tiny cast, a tiny mm-hmm. set, basically, until the very end when it just goes nuts. Um, yeah. Uh, and all of it is about this atmosphere with the cameras and the the practical effects. And there's some special effects in there, which are a bit dated. I think the thing with practical effects with these films are that, of course, they're dated just because you don't see them anymore. But actually... Who gives a fuck? They're, they're brilliant when you see these. Well, it's like the stop effects. motion stuff in yeah, there. You never see it's stop motion stuff. It's absolutely amazing. The special effects are the ones that do look dated. I think the stop motion stuff. I think you just got to admire that. I yeah. just think it's amazing. The uh-huh. and, uh, there's a good story. So it's uh, Ted Raimi's back again. He was in the first one, and he plays He's Henrietta. Henrietta. Who spends yeah. the entire time in a basement, and apparently he spent all of that time in the basement in his prosthetic suit, and it was uh-huh. so hot, he was he had three liters of sweat building up inside the suit <laughs> while he was <laughs> waiting to record his bits, uh, almost passing out and everything because he had this suit on and he's in a fucking underneath the floorboards, and there's a bit where he comes out as Henrietta and she's like going for them. And there's like liquid coming off her, and apparently that's the sweat coming out of the ears of the suit as he's like fly flinging himself <laughs> about. So that's really, really disgusting. <laughs> it is disgusting. But he's great, Ted Raimi, isn't he? In, in this film, as Henrietta. Henrietta is amazing. Like, the, fruit, the fruit seller, uh, which is great. So, like, there's not that much else goes on, right? <laughs> there is, man. There's loads of stuff. There's the hand for one, which is fucking the hand hilarious. Is brilliant. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. The hand, where it's, it's sort of, you know, give me back my hand. That bit where he says that, it's just, just <laughs> wonderful. I mean, the, the other bit, the, the funniest bit in this film for me, and people will probably say, Brett, you're an idiot, but is the bit where the furniture starts laughing at him. That's my favorite bit. <laughs> That is absolutely awesome. Uh, he's halluc- is he hallucinating? Is he really possessed? Does he think he's possessed? Or is he hallucinating? Or is it really happening? Yeah. And there's a bit where he's like ducking down and all the furniture's like kind of bending down with him. He's, he's like, like joining like, in laughing at it with the, the sort of furniture. The, the lamp. It's the just lamp so crazy. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's funny, and he's, he's yeah, right. He's going up and down. And, Ooh. <laughs> oh man! It's I mean, that mental. kind of shows he lost his mind at that point, I suppose. <laughs> Which you would do, he has. given the situation that he's in. <laughs> exactly. And there's another good bit as well. We're talking about camera. It's probably like the oldest trick in the book, but the the bit where Ash is looking in the mirror again, he doesn't. He, you know, he's sitting in a chair. And he doesn't know whether he's dreaming or not. Mm-hmm. And he's he, obviously the reflection in the mirror sort of grabs him. Yes. It's just, it, it's an old trick, but it's done just wonderfully, I think. Yeah, Do you know what really I mean? Good. It's really good. Um, so, what's like, what was the reception to this film like and stuff at the time then when it came out? Was it a hit? Yeah. Or? Well, it was a strange time in the 80s, wasn't it? So, the, the first one was a hit. I think the first one made 30 million, something like that. 
But obviously, you know, if if you live in the UK, it was one of the video nasties, yep. wasn't it? So it was kind of this banned must be here because it's so so gory. It, and this one wasn't. This one wasn't because <laughs> no, it's more slapstick. This one, isn't it? It's it's more of a it's a, an out and out sort of slapstick comedy, really, with with you know blood and There's gore. A lot of gore in it, a lot of blood, but I guess you don't really see anything too nasty, I suppose. Yeah. I think, it, and this one had like a, a kind of limited sort of release in cinema, so okay. it didn't make as much money. But obviously, it was a different time in the eighties. It made shitloads of money when it was on out on video yeah, and stuff yeah. like that, you know. Which they don't count to the, you know, they don't no, count that. I read uh, so it, what struck me at the beginning was it's like rosewood pictures, uh, rosebud, yeah, like uh, rosebud, yeah, Kim, and it's just like nice blue, kind of all these clouds and stuff. And I was like, this, I don't know why, but I, I thought. That's a bit weird. Uh, it doesn't mm. look like that's how this film should start. And uh, I like looked it up, and it apparently something to do with De Laurentiis. Yeah, um, he, he had a deal that said he couldn't do an X-rated film. Like he he couldn't deliver yeah. the studio he had his deal with an X-rated film. So instead, he just made a pretend film company. A production company yeah, called it. Rosebud Pictures, which I guess makes sense, and delivered yeah. it under the guise that it was made by somebody else, and he got through. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> I mean, obviously from Citizen Kane, isn't it that? But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously there's ways and means of getting around it. But why is he that in his contract? Like, can't make a certain film. Like, he's going to make a porn, Dino De Laurentiis or something, is he? That's not going to happen. That was crazy. I, he said, I think it's well. I was reading about him this week, so he said, uh, "I don't know whoever somebody left in left Napoli in 2011. Last time they were good, uh, what's he called? Sarri left um, mm-hmm. to go to Chelsea, and his quote was: "If your wife decides she's going to fuck another man, she's going to fuck another man. You might as well just let her get on with it." <laughs> you might as well just let uh, oh well <laughs> there you go no I didn't know you you and Natalie him I didn't have a, a clue that that was the case but I do now so mm. yeah well done I, I, I think it's probably going back to why he wasn't allowed to release a, a sort of R-rated film or whatever it's, it's all to do with getting kids in cinemas isn't it so the studio or who we signed the deal with or whatever yeah. wouldn't want him to make a film that that they couldn't, couldn't you know, make maximize their profits. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably like, where it is. I was going to say they seem to care a lot about that in the US, but obviously that's where all of the films are made. So, <laughs> yeah. That's how it well, that's the, that, that was the surprising thing about watching Evil Dead Rise. It's not like that at all. You know, it's it's full of blood and it's it's full times of times have changed, you know, haven't it? Stuff like that. But, but oh, even these times, you watch a horror film and it's pretty toned down. Whereas that one wasn't, and I think that's why I that's why I enjoyed it. You know, it was it was unsettling, like like these films. Mostly you just don't know what's going to happen. Mostly horror films now are either jump scare horror films, like Paranormal Activity kind of thing, mm-hmm. or or no, he's mentally tortured, or there's mental health problems. Yeah, going mental on. So health. It's all, uh-huh. it's all about like suggested demons and stuff like that. So you yeah. don't, and, and, and it gets samey. Like do you know what I mean? It gets yeah, very samey, it and it was just refreshing, cycles. even though it, it's, you know, it's a sort of flashback or a, a bygone age in the 80s and stuff. It was still refreshing to see that mm-hmm. in, in these sort of times and stuff. So I, I really enjoy, enjoyed the, the new one. 
You should watch it, man. It's good. Well, I mean, they terrorized this young girl, poor lass. Well, well, She's covered in nice. blood. We need to take a break. We need to take a break. We come back for a quiz and some music and stuff. Hey, Cliff, we talked about Evil Dead 2, and we didn't even mention the greatest line in it, which okay. is groovy, obviously. This <laughs> <laughs> is class. <laughs> Isn't it? I love that. I love groovy. 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 Yeah. <laughs> that, that's. I mean, that's the thing about it's. It, it, this is like when you think of Ash. Probably when you thought of Ash, and I'm sure you mentioned this when we watched the first film. I think you said, "Well, like, where's his chainsaw and his boomstick and stuff? You know, his shotgun. He doesn't have that in the first film. So you like this is the one where he becomes Ash. He becomes that. You know what I mean? He saws. A chainsaw onto the stump where his hand was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is where he becomes that sort of Ash character, isn't it? He's yeah. Not really. Like what we didn't. So one. we didn't get to the what happens at the end of it, which we, we might as well say now before we move on to the quiz. So at the <laughs> end, uh, somehow, how does he end up doing it? I can't even remember how he gets. Well, it. it's it's a, it's the professor's daughter who does it. She summons the demon initially. Mm-hmm. From the from the uh, the woods, and then she opens up a portal to then get rid of the demon. Mm-hmm. And I think Ash even says, "Well, why would we do that? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderfully, <laughs> why would we do that?" <laughs> and he's happy just so, to keep fighting it forever. <laughs> <laughs> why would we summon the bad thing first? That's what he's saying. Yeah, just to then get rid of it, type thing. Well, that's the only way apparently they can get rid of it. And in the end, they're all sucked through this this portal and Ash is transported to medieval times. Oh, where he meets was the, like medieval the screwheads, Cliff. It looks like the medieval um Middle East like crusade times, is that what it's meant yes. to be? Yeah, pretty much. It's problematic in its own right, but okay. Um, uh, and then it, it's a bygone era, you know, where you know perhaps we don't have the history as we might, <laughs> and there might have been deadites and stuff like that roaming around. Maybe. So then it it cuts to these times with hundreds of uh, like knights templar, like we we might know them. Yeah. Um, and they're like, well, who the fuck's this? Who's a bad guy? Come, he's a deadite. They obviously were fighting deadites at that point in the realms uh-huh. of this story. Um, and they think he's one of them, but then one of them does turn up. How they think he's the same as this flying demon, I've got no idea. But Because uh, he's he, come from the sky, Cliff? He's come from the sky. Then he, yeah. he shoots it with his shotgun that he still has, and they all yes. end up cheering him as some kind of god. And he breaks down. No, again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I don't think that carries on into the next film. I think they they kind of chain him up and all just, kinds of stuff. Okay, in the next one. <laughs> all right. But, but he, he, he he does he does wonderfully call them primitive screwheads. Primitive screwheads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got no idea what's going on <laughs> in the next film. I mean, there's there's bits in the next film which are are wonderful. Again. It's just Bruce Campbell in it, and Sam Raimi as well. It's they're just classed together, and, well, I, think and I think Bruce Campbell's just a funny guy, like, man. You don't Bruce Campbell. People only think of Ash, which is fair enough, I think. Um, Sam Raimi's done lots of other stuff. Yeah, 
including Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man which I also watched recently as well. Uh, uh, I watched Drag Me to Hell recently. That's very good as well, which is like it's that. very Evil Dead, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And Drag I Me watched, to Hell. Is that the one that's on a plane or is that a different one? He did a plane one. No, it's not on a plane. The, the Drag Me to Hell that... one's where she's cursed by the witch, isn't it? Yes, but there's mm-hmm. another one that's set on a plane. I thought that might be the beginning of this. Very similar yeah. again. Very, Very similar, similar themes again. in uh, these films. <laughs> and um, Darkman, have you ever seen Darkman? With uh, Liam Neeson? Yes. It's good. It, it is Very good. Very stylistic, it? isn't it? But it's one of those it, films it that is. I would watch on BBC Two or whatever late at night. And I think I've got yeah. it taped. And I'd really like it. But I don't know if it's actually a very good film, but I liked it because of the style I of it. I always liked it uh, when I was a kid and stuff. And uh, Bruce Campbell was supposed to, or Sam Raimi obviously wanted uh, Bruce Campbell to be the star in that film, but okay. the, the studio wouldn't have it. Or you'll not be able to do it and all this kind of stuff, which has kind of been the, the story of his career through Bruce Campbell's well, career. He hasn't been given the, the breaks. He's not all know? that, is he? <laughs> well, Liam Neeson's pretty good. But there's a great bit in it where um, his face is melting off and yep. he says to someone, take the fucking pink elephant! <laughs> which, uh, which has always stuck out of my head, <laughs> that bit. But yeah, from memory, I, I, I quite enjoyed that one. But again, Sam Raimi, until recently as well, it, his career has been marred by like studios cutting his films up and removing things and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he's more of a like cult favourite, right? Not, yeah, I mean, that, he's obviously made some big films. Well, Spider-Man films, and I think the last one that he did was Doctor Strange, wasn't it? And there's some, there's some very, that? yeah, yeah, the, the most recent Doctor Strange film he directed. But in this, oh, I yeah. liked it. Me mate Shane, who's a massive Marvel fan and stuff, he said it's rubbish, and it, Shane loves the, the multiverse evil of madness. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. There's some great bits in it, and there's like Evil Dead bits in there as well. I don't like Cumberbatch, and I've never seen any of the Marvels, <laughs> so I'm probably not going to. Have you not? Yeah. Well, there you go. But yeah. Was, uh, so what, right. what did you what did you think of it, Cliff? I know you said I it just, was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I genuinely thought it was ridiculous. I've never seen a film like it. It is absolutely relentless. I, I appreciate what it does and what it goes for. I don't think I'll watch it again, ever. No. But, uh, like, fair play to Raimi and, and uh, Bruce Campbell for making this film, because I've never seen a film like it in my life. It's it's insane. Um, yeah. It's just non-stop terror, uh, but, but also slapstick. <laughs> so yeah. I've genuinely never seen anything like it, and I salute them for that. But it's... Not something I'll watch again, probably. But I still, yeah. like I said after the first one, which I did really like, mm-hmm. I would like to see Army of Darkness now that I've got something to do with the fucking Crusades. I had no idea about that. So I'll watch <laughs> it. <laughs> and obviously I know the poster and the cover of the video for that because that was massive in the early 90s, right? Yeah. Well, we'll do Army of Darkness at some point as well because there, there's some very funny bits in there again, you know. Loads of funny bits. So, yeah, we'll do that one. Are you ready for the quiz? What have you done to your microphone? Uh, You're all right. I can hear you. No, well, I can you not... hear me. 
Yeah, yeah. I just put. I pulled me. I pulled my headphones out. That's all. You're always pulling stuff out, you. Mm-hmm. Right. Keep, keep your snake in its cage. Is there a quiz? There is a quiz. You know what? We've done so many of these. I don't know if I've done this one before. Do you think like that sometimes? Have I already done this? I don't know. Who knows? Someone might be able to tell one. So yes, it's a. It's all about the money, which we don't normally do because we normally don't care about that, do we? Mm-hmm. But. I couldn't find anything else, so it's all about the money. All right. Right? What is the highest grossing horror film ever? Ever? Ever. I I mean, Blair Witch Project? It's a good guess. It's not right. It's one of the more recent ones. Is it a paranormal activity or something? It's not. No, it's a King film, Stephen King. Don't know. It's it from oh, 2007. Yes. Okay. Apparently, okay. that made seven hundred million dollars. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't really know how they break that down. So it's just a number no, that I've got no idea how, it, how it, they come to it. But um, it is. A, but the other thing is, I know that whole media and stuff like that's not like it was, like we're talking about in the eighties and stuff like that. But in the eighties, it was massive, wasn't it? I mean, people will go out and buy, you know, a film as soon as it came out. Do you know what I mean? But they don't like count that, do Seven hundred million. Was it like ten dollars to go to the cinema? I think it's more than that in America. It's like twenty dollars. Does that mean seven so? seven million people went to see it? I don't know. I can't work it out. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But there you go. Next one. What is the highest grossing horror franchise? Ever, I hate that word as well. Franchise, so it's like yeah, yeah. McDonald's horror dinner. franchise. Yeah, so? no, that was in the list, but it's not so. Do you want another guess? Screams. That was also on the list, but that <laughs> is not top. Well, I'm I'm not very good at this quiz, am I? Um, horror franchise, shark needles. It's again short needles. It's again a more recent one. Right. Okay. Um, the paranormal activities are conjuring. You you write the last one. It's the conjuring universe, which yeah, is apparently one. Cliff accrued two point one billion dollars. How this is why this stuff know. makes that's why we don't care about this stuff because mm-hmm. what the fuck, a little evil nun or something. <laughs> I like the first conjuring, that was good. I like the first one because when Lennon was a baby, me and the wife were watching it, right? And we went to the toilet and paused it or something, right? And there's a bit in where the clap, I don't know if you can remember that film. I haven't seen it. But there's a bit where the clap and then the ghost claps or whatever. Okay. And we didn't realize this, but Lennon had snuck down and hidden the corner (laughs) while while we're watching this one. (laughs) And he suddenly just appeared as a baby out of the, the corner of the room. We shit ourselves. Completely shit ourselves. So that's the only thing I remember about that, that film. Okay. I can't remember any of the other ones, but I like the first one. All so right. There well, they're all different. It's not like 10123, although there is that. There's like Annabelle and stuff like that. They're all meant to be part of the same thing. So yeah. it's like, I think that's, that's a bit unfair because they've totally like, there's all kinds of shit that can go into that number. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. But there you go. Next one, Cliff. What is the highest 
by ticket sold horror film. So not gross, but more people went or bought tickets to this particular film than any other one. Exorcist. I think that was second cliff. Ah. Now, this isn't strictly a horror film in my book. Okay. Go on then. Jaws. Jaws is the right answer. Is it? Okay. Not a horror film at all. It's not a horror film, is it? (laughs) It's a great film. There's no ghosts and no monsters. (laughs) So how the fuck is a horror film? (laughs) Apparently... 242 million tickets were sold. Well, I believe that. I just don't think it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said that at the start. Right, next one. What is or Who is the highest paid actor in a horror film? Oh. Fucking hell, no idea. He's recently retired because I think he's got mind problems. Oh, Jack Nicholson? No, not Jack Nicholson. Mind problems. John Lithgow. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I think mind problems is probably the, the wrong terminology to use. <laughs> Sorry. I would probably say a mind disease. Okay. A Palladian <laughs> disease. <laughs> it, it's Bruce Willis. Oh, okay. So, For six cents? Yes. Apparently, he For made 100 one, million off that film, even though the film only made 400 million or something. Okay, but he, he must have he must, must have, have had a cut. struck a deal. Yeah, he must have struck a deal. Not yeah, he paid a hundred million for a film that nobody <laughs> knew was going to be any good. No, he was paid fourteen million for the film, and he must have cut a deal okay. where he got some of the right. okay, okay, the revenue or whatever. My laptop like... might die, by the way. So oh well, if, no, there we go. <laughs> All right then. Right next one. What is the biggest box office bomb, Cliff? So what lost the most? Money out of in the history of Fulham and the history of all films. You're, ne- you're never going to get this Mars Attacks. <laughs> Mars Attacks, no, <laughs> surely not. We went to see that film, Cliff. I know. I'll give you a clue. Sense. Antonio Banderas is in this film, Cliff. Oh, I like Antonio Banderas. Do you? Mm-hmm. I bet you do. T- tiny little man. Is um, he? Yeah, you met him, have you? Five foot one or something, I think. He's like really, really <laughs> small. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. It's a film called The 13th Warrior. Oh, yeah. I've heard it. Yeah. 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 It. It, apparently, it lost 129 a, million. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. No. Why, why have they lost that amount of money? I yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, what? Well, why I did... think like it's one of them things where like you know production costs spiraled out of control, which basically means someone was skimming off the top. But nobody, I don't know anybody who's seen that film or would no, want to I've see it. I've seen, seen it. the cover of it or the poster yeah. a, a lot of times, and never once thought I want to find out what that's all about. No. <laughs> never once, like exactly. That's the thing. I've I've never seen it, and I'm the same as you. I've I've seen the cover. I've got no interest in whatsoever. And that's obviously what other people have thought. I will watch (laughs) anything. So, yes, that's the end of the quiz. I wasn't very good at it. I got none. Well, uh, that's all right. But I enjoyed it. It was a good quiz. Very informative. Yeah, very Uh, Quite enjoying to take part in. And I'm a little bit sad I missed out on the prize. But, you know. Well, there you go. There was no prize in offer. You know, so 
you can you can hold that to your heart. Okay. Hold it to your heart. Right. So we do the music then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're We've got a song called. Yeah, we're going to have this a few weeks ago, won't we? But it didn't quite come off for whatever reason. But mm-hmm. this is called Becoming Bay. Yes. And it's from a band called Lines of Flight, who are from Leeds. Oh, well, I'm glad you from... said that because I thought it was the other mm. way around, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> and it's from the EP More Than Human, which is out now, Cliff. So yeah, well, I really like this. Why that? Even if I didn't know which way around it was because I just didn't take enough attention that's on me that's why you don't do the music (laughs) i really like the song and i hope you all do too and we'll see you or hear you you'll hear us in a couple of weeks with something new. maybe Uh i think it's one of your picks again isn't it right next time see you bye bye bye